Billy King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. What's up, Q-Coders? You know what that means when my voice comes in and uh, inter- not introduces you guys, greets you guys. This usually means that I get to come up with something to talk about at the top of the show. Last time I talked about a robot who would deliver packages to your door that would be kicked out of a self-driving vehicle. This time I'm going to talk about drones that drop off packages. <laughs> he he kind of focuses in just like one area of interest, and that is package deliveries. <laughs> no, it just hit me right now as I was saying that I'm like... These are both package yeah. delivery. You're <laughs> like more obsessed with parcel service than Doug Heffernan. <laughs> or Cliff Clavin. <laughs> so, but yeah. So with that said, I mean, I might as well talk about it. But no, I just, because this is what happens. I read articles randomly. But apparently, like you said, Trav, the articles that must intrigue me are the ones with package delivery <laughs> services. Have you, have you had a really bad, you know, situation or, you know, just have not been receiving your packages <laughs> <laughs> on time or... I have had just experience your experiences. Where, <laughs> like, I think, like, I've learned now I really have to pay attention because... Especially at first, when they're like, "Okay, here's Amazon Prime. It's two day package guarantee. If you order anything Amazon Prime, right?" Yeah. Well, apparently that just means that some things will get there in two days, but not everything will get there in two days. Because if you look at the fine print when you're ordering, it's like this package will actually be there on March 16th, and it's like February 23rd. And you're like, oh, but then you're ordering it for like a birthday or. Or whatever in between, and then you don't get it in time. Mm. Most of them do come within the two yeah, but days, but... I think it depends I, on who you're ordering from. I ordered a guitar on Amazon once, and you could do the free two-day delivery, or like a one-day super fast for like 17 bucks, and I just wanted it, so I did that. But then it didn't even come for two days. <laughs> and I was like, it got here the exact same amount of time it said it would have if I just did the free delivery. So that was a dumb. Sucker. Is that the just got an extra 17 bucks out of that guy. Did you just buy that like a couple days ago? A couple weeks ago. Because the because <laughs> there's the, the boxes in your living room. <laughs> It's true. You did he set talk, up that story like he talks about years it. Yep. ago. <laughs> one time, super long I did time this. ago. It was one time. One time, like I mean, two days ago, I bought it. It was like <laughs> at least 30, 40 hours ago. <laughs> so, all right. So, what's the deal with these drones? So, um, I guess the problem is, and this is the thing, is I've heard from Amazon or or stories about Amazon having a drone be dropping off packages for several years now. I feel like it's been like the last three to five years uh, that I've heard stories like, oh yeah, at some point soon, they're going to actually have drones that are going to drop off packages at your door. So I've been like excited waiting for these drones to start showing up. 
and they never have. <laughs> so then, He's waiting out his window, <laughs> looking in the sky. My package is coming. I finally get. I see this uh, article, and we'll post a little video on our social media so you can kind of see what the drone looks like. Um, but says that basically they've been trying to figure out a uh, model or a configuration for the drone itself so that it can do the job that it's supposed to do. Cause other drones might've like been, so when they're trying to deliver, they're just too like top heavy or they're just not quite the right, like stability or whatever. And it caused problems. So they finally kind of figured out this new model that's supposed to be able to carry packages up to five pounds, which the article says doesn't sound like a whole lot, because, I mean, it's not a whole lot of weight, but actually that'll fulfill 75 to 80% of everything that Amazon ships mm. is five pounds or That's less. what I was going to ask. I was like, I imagine that it would have to be pretty light weight for, for these to, to deliver. I can't see it. You Bringing know, you, like a bed. Like a couch, yeah. So if, <laughs> you, like, if you ever order dumbbells, don't tell your friends it came by drone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unless they're like those little light ones, like the two and a half pounders. That's what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> It'd be embarrassing to say it came by drone because they would know it was less than five pounds. Oh, uh, I got Duh. you. What's that episode? I thought you were like <laughs> catching them in a lie. Like, What's that episode of Friends where Joey like gets a hernia because he's lifting weights and then he's like, damn you, 15. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 uh, he runs out of insurance. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so then he starts working out again, and that's when he gets his hernia. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, I I mean, I know we have an Amazon facility here now, and so we actually, like when we order some stuff, like it gets here a lot of times, like day of or, or next day, and uh, but yet still no drone dropping it off. You know, it says this article says that in the next few months they plan on deploying it at least on a test basis in several cities. Um, I imagine Seattle is going to be one of those cities. <laughs> probably. I'm trying to remember if they mentioned which cities. You know, one of our uh, one of our friends, um, Travis Mydell, actually works for Amazon. Amazon, um, and he's told me uh, that they actually have just special things that they can do there in Seattle where their headquarters are that can't do anywhere else. And one of those is that it's like some of the uh, returned items that can't be resold through the online store or anything like that. They just throw them in trucks and it's kind of like a food truck. You never know. It's not always in the same spot. Uh, You just have to kind of go find it. And uh, they just have these amazing deals. It's just like whatever's in the truck is super cheap. So hopefully you find something that you want. Dang, that'd be cool. So you could be like, "Oh, I want this video camera," and they're like, two bucks." Yeah, probably a little bit more than that. But <laughs> we have but something yeah, like that at work. It's called the Lost and Found. <laughs> it's like if it's there for more than thirty days, it's yours. They're, they're, con- they're constantly hiding it from Alan because they're like, "Dude, he keeps stealing stuff out of the Lost and Found," and Alan thinks it's just like it's never in the same spot. But if I can find it, whatever I can find. Hey, what better place to put your lost and found than multiple areas so it's always lost and then found? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it should be interesting to see how this goes. And like it said, I mean, I think this is part of Amazon's plan to get onto same day shipping. So. It says that for the most part that like, you know, within 30 minutes to two hours, um, Mm -hmm. if you order something, these drones should be able to go 
pick it up and then bring it to wherever you are. And I'm, I would imagine maybe it would be based off like your phone GPS. Um, and then they would just find like, if you're at the park and you're like, Ooh, I forgot utensils. Then, then they could bring you utensils. Yeah. And then you just be like, Oh, I'm at the park. And then you just grab the box and good, good, good story. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, look forward to the next time you have a parcel (laughs) delivery, uh, story. (laughs) Stay tuned for next week when I talk about the uh, U.S. Postal Service and how they're starting to figure out how to deliver things with self-driving vehicles. Oh, so exciting. So soon your mailman will not be driving. He'll just be sorting mail in the back. Poor mailman. (laughs) Hey, we do have a good show today. Um, It was slightly delayed. One of us had a little tum-tum problem. Ain't that right, Al? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't we just realize that we called Alan Tum Tum? Yeah, that's what? Yeah. We talked about that. <laughs> called you Tum Tum, and now you have Tum Tum problems. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's all coming together. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, we have, obviously, three questions, like we always do. Uh, Dan will bring us in with, which animals live the longest? Now, that seems to me... When he posed that question, that that would be a fairly easy Google. <laughs> but I guess there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, As you can see, Trav, there's... Oh, pages. There's a few notes. Pages of notes. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, so you guys can learn all about elderly animals. Uh, Alan is going to be talking to us about Mr. Rogers and his legacy. So what is the legacy of Mr. Rogers? And then I will be... Uh, Bringing us, oh, actually, I'm second here. What I did, you, I, I did a little switcheroo. You did a little switcheroo on me. I'm used to being last, so uh, I will actually be coming in second here with alchemy, magic, or science. Now, I know what you guys are thinking, Travis. You don't do science topics, in fact, you just poke fun at us every time we do. I told them that I would step it up a notch and I would do my best at doing something <laughs> a little bit more in depth than just some pop culture stuff. However, it so is... he's brought he's taking baby steps because he couldn't just jump fully into science. He's like, first let me visit the world that's a little hazy between magic and science. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> on but, his way. Way to make him feel good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Things are making me feel stupid. Uh, no, it's but, good. No, <laughs> You're fine. Trav so, knows how excited I was that he picked Alchemy. I know. I actually, he when I told him about it, it's almost as if like he sounded disappointed that he didn't pick it. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds, oh, cool. And then he he later on, <laughs> when we were talking about it, he's like, I've, I learned so much about it. And I was like, you did? <laughs> it's like, I'm supposed to be the one doing this. Yeah, I just, I got a lot that we could talk about. (laughs) So, but uh, anyway, let's get going here with Dan's question. Which animals live the longest? All right. Because we could be immortals. Danny is the king of the longest intro <laughs> sounds. 
he, he probably would have just let you listen to that whole song if, if he could have. See, most people probably are driving or doing whatever they are, and they were just dancing, and they kind of forgot they were even listening to it. And then podcast. as soon as it ends, they're like, oh, dang it. Now we have to <laughs> listen to the Come question back, Paul, about Come animals. Back. Um, if no one caught it, I, it, I use that sounder because it says immortals several times, actually. Mm. So, but... <laughs> Um, yeah. So what do you guys think about if you, when you hear the question, I kind of know Trav's gut instinct because when I said Trav or in the group, me, I said, my question next week is going to be what animal lives the longest. And then Trav just responded with turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Technically tortoises, but I know tortoise next question. I know that that's not true. In fact, after having done that and having conversations with a couple of other people about it, I am aware of why you were using the word or the song Immortals. So, oh, let us continue. So, we're, are we strictly talking like animals or any life? We're talking about actual life classified as an animal in the animal kingdom. Um, so, not like a tree, forests. Yeah. <laughs> like a forest in general. Like well like how you know how they say like the rainforest is like the largest living organism because it's all like connected underneath. Yeah. By the roots. But I think everything. it's like actually like an aspen tree grove in Colorado that's like the largest living organism. Oh. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> only because only because we've been cutting down the rainforests. So what do you think, Al? Well, if you had to pick an animal that you thought lived a long time or lived the longest, what would you pick? Mm, I would probably go with a microscopic bacterium single-celled organism that hitched a ride from another solar system inside a meteorite and is on its way to Earth and then will be reborn. This does not count. (laughs) Panspermia. That's incorrect. (laughs) Plus, it's not even on Earth. I should have said, what animals on Earth live the longest? <laughs> I guess I didn't I, quite narrow my question down far enough. But we'll get into this then, unless did you have something else? I don't know. Some type of whale? There are actually very few, or there, there's a few whales that uh, yeah live for like a couple hundred years. What? <laughs> yeah. For real? Yeah. We're going to get into this. Is it blue whale? We'll see. So... <laughs> <laughs> I had this question because I did uh, catch something, and but this was a couple years ago um, that intrigued me. And I think, again, it was another article that I read and I was like, oh, really? I didn't know animals could live this long. So then it kind of always stuck in the back of my mind, but like Trav's bronies question, um, <laughs> just apparently not enough to do research on it until now. So... Now I decided to get into it, and no bronies are not the longest living. <laughs> yeah, they've animals. only been they've only been living since 2012. So, <laughs> so we don't know yet how long they can live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're only seven years into that experiment. Uh, but uh, so I mean, we can start with the classic. I mean, we feel, and I know a lot of times as a human being, you can feel like we've lived a long life, we've laughed, we've loved, we've learned. We've done a lot, right, Trav? I mean, in your 30-some-odd years... Have we done any non-L words? 
No, I've only lived, laughed, loved, and learned. I've learned. <laughs> I've, the ones I've liked. Say. I've lip synced. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we as humans, the average lifespan for a human being is 71 years. So when you put it in that context to me, that just doesn't seem very long. Because no. honestly, it makes me feel sad because that pretty much puts me at uh, the halfway the point. halfway yeah. point. <laughs> I'm I'm past the halfway point because I'm 36, so 72 would be the halfway point. So yeah, I would be. I'm definitely on the downhill slide. So I'm hoping that I like buck the trend a little bit, and and as long as I'm healthy, I don't want to be like miserable and in pain and unable to like feed myself (laughs) pull the plug (laughs) pull the plug so that 74 year old 37 the 74 year old uh, woman that we're gonna post the video of us watching reacting to I bet she was like I wish I had died at 71 (laughs) (laughs) so Alan is referring to a video that we're probably gonna get out next week yeah Um, but we just uh (laughs) It's if you haven't seen it, you'll see it when we post it uh, with our reaction. But uh, it's yeah, a seventy-four-year-old woman who was hiking in some national—I think it was a national park or something—in in Arizona and gets injured and has to be life flighted out. They're bringing her up, and uh, just some stuff goes awry. And uh, but but yeah, I I would have thought in that situation too, as things start to spin out of control pun intended uh that (laughs) that yeah she's at least thinking that all right death is at least probably happening now (laughs) but so stay tuned for that probable as it was when i was on the ground it's infinitely more probable now (laughs) that i'm in the air um but yeah so do you guys know how old the oldest person was that ever was recorded live like i don't know how you would say that the oldest person on record on record 112 when they died i'm gonna say 116 alan is the winner of this price is right is game 120 122 (laughs) what for real yep so there's a french woman named janine janine clement i'm not sure if i said that right i could have totally butchered you probably did it's (laughs) j-e-a-n-n-e jan and calment i think is how you say it c-a-l-g-n calment okay trav can say french i'm, I'm freaking french better than me <laughs> but je m'appelle alain <laughs> But yeah, she lived She lived to be 122 years old, which is apparently the oldest on record, which for some reason I thought there was like a Japanese guy that lived to be like 130 something, but I guess not. That's but. just a tale that your mom has told you just to make you feel better that, you know, death isn't coming for you at 71. <laughs> it's true, though. But the She person, does always say that. You're Japanese. You live forever. But the person <laughs> that was keeping the records was like, I'm French, so we're going to... Pretend this didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with the French lady. (laughs) But, excuse me. So that, yeah, that's the oldest person on record. So then I brought it back and I'm like, okay, let me start doing this research. And I'm, to be brutally honest, I was a little bit like you, Trav. I thought this would be a quick Google search. I would get an answer and I would have to kind of figure out how to like turn that into a segment, right? Hmm. But there are apparently 
was no just overall consensus of like, oh, this animal is the one that lives the longest. Instead, it's like, well, we think this one does, lives a long time and different articles or different sites or different videos that I watched all kind of hinted at uh, various different animals. So what I did is I basically took all those things. I think I probably read a total of 20 articles, watched like 15 YouTube videos. like cool. <laughs> then compiled like all of like kind of the consensus of all of those. And then I came up with a list of like the top um, longest living animals that I could find. So first we'll go into the deep sea sponge. One, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know sponges were animals. I would have classified them as plants, but apparently huh. they are classified as animals. Um, they are capable of moving although their movement could be like one millimeter a day. <laughs> so uh, they're very slow. SpongeBob moves well, all the time. <laughs> when so you live, could be one of the when you live that long, you can take your time getting places. That's true. We're going on vacation. Like, where are you going? A foot and a half away. <laughs> I will return in six years. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, they found some sponges um, can live. They kind of predict, or not predict, or they figure they can live around uh, eleven thousand to thirteen thousand years. What? Um, and they found, yeah, and they found a, some very large sponges that they kind of think are in that realm of of age. So, like, when was the ice age? Wasn't that like around then? The last like ten thousand years ago, or something? So that could be a sponge that is like still alive that's like i was i saw the ice age yeah. i lived it man there's nothing like the movie 10,000 bc <laughs> no oh ice oh the animated oh ice age yes with ray romano there was and zero was there was zero animation back then and none of the animals talked <laughs> but yeah, so and then another interesting thing. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through some of these animals and I'm just going to hit some highlights of interesting facts that I've learned about them and then you guys can chime in if you want with anything else. But sponges are um considered to possibly be the oldest animal that's still alive on earth, meaning an animal that lived far as far back as they know but that is still currently here living on earth um and not extinct. And they kind of think that they've been around on Earth for about 650 million years. As a species. Yeah. As a species. But what about, wait, what did you, how long did you say they live? About 11,000 to 13,000 years, potentially. <laughs> Do they have one of those? <laughs> like this one here. This is the grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> He's been here for 13,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess they can tell because they. They know how fast they grow. And so when they find giant ones, those are the ones that they're like, that's an old one. Look at that beauty. 13,000 years old. That's a weed. Oh, this sponge. <laughs> this sponge has cleaned many a dishes in his day. <laughs> SpongeBob. Yeah, so it says Sponge here that they, they primarily feed on Krabby Patties. <laughs> Just kidding. I like those Krabby Patty they candies. Are good. Those candies. <laughs> they're supposed, they're, I'm sure they're 
They look so. My gross, kids, like, my <laughs> kids get them sometimes, and I'm not gonna lie. Like when they're like, "Dad, open this for me," I'll like grab a Krabby Patty and then be like, "Just give it back to him and hope they don't notice." It's called the Daddy Tax. Yeah, ten <laughs> percent of all your sugar goes into my belly. But <laughs> yeah, so it's I just I don't know I but the at the same time sponges to me a like I said I didn't really feel like they were animals and B I. Didn't, it wasn't satisfying to me like, as this, far as an answer. This to topic sucks. All I'm so doing is I'm reading like, about sponges. I want like a more exciting animal. So what else lives a long time? So then I found that there's red sea urchins. It's red sea urchins. Originally, they thought that these animals lived about 15 years. And boy, were they wrong. <laughs> but... They had no. If idea. you haven't ever seen a red sea urchin, <laughs> just after fifteen years, basically, they turn green. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically these puffy-looking, spiny, spiny things that would just sit like on a coral reef or like, somewhere in underwater, like or- ocean porcupine, yeah, kind of looking things. But like honestly, again, I would have thought these were like more like plants. But they do move a little faster than sponges um, when they are moving. They kind of just more like roll and use the spines to kind of push themselves along. Oh. Um, but yeah, but instead, so again, they were able to measure like, oh, wait, actually, these creatures grow very, very slowly. And so when they were kind of figured out, able to figure out how fast they grow, then they were able to say, oh, okay, well, if one got to this size, then it has to be this old. So they now believe that sponges don't just live 15 years. Or yeah, sorry, sea urchins don't live 15 years. (laughs) He's so stuck on sponges. (laughs) I'm over the sponges now. But yeah, the sea urchins, not only do they not just live 15 years, but they think that some of them live 200 plus years. (laughs) Sea urchins can live anywhere between 15 to 230 years. (laughs) That's what science tells us. It's a small window, really. Um, But yeah, but the interesting thing is that uh, they don't really show age, like signs of aging either. So even though there's a sea urchin that's 200 years old, it basically acts like a sea urchin that was 10 years old and they're still fertile and everything at that age. So that's Lucky kind of an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so no wonder they want to live so long. <laughs> so basically like in theory, could they just live forever as long as they're not like eaten by something else or killed yeah, by that's, something else. They're kind of still trying to figure that out. But yeah, basically if they're immortal. They don't really almost. die from um, anything other than disease or like a predator eating them. Yeah. So um, otherwise, if they were in a safe place, they could just keep living. And I don't know if they know if there is like a really like a point at which they just can't move, go on anymore. Um, but then one other interesting fact about them is apparently if you get a red sea urchin, you can sell it for a lot of money because in Asia, um, their sex organs are considered a delicacy. And so if you want some <laughs> nice sea urchin sex organs <laughs> for breakfast or lunch or dinner, then that's it's expensive. I don't even know what to say to why? <laughs> <laughs> and like they're not 
that big, right? Yeah, they're pretty like, small. So basically, you're killing something that could have been alive for 200 years just so you can have a little snack, yeah. a little <laughs> treat. Way to go, guys. It's like one bite and it's over. <laughs> and apparently that does kill them. Your people disgust. Well, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Killing our sea urchins. For their sex, for their organs. sex organs. So I continued my journey on. I'm like, okay. Sponges, boring enough that I don't, I, I'm not happy with that answer. Sea urchin, a little more exciting, but they're still kind of just blobbly plants, but they're animals. <laughs> well, so, they have mouths, right? Then, like on the, on the bottom of, like, have you ever seen one in like an aquarium? I think it was a Chinese restaurant that I saw one <laughs> <laughs> in like one of the aquariums. And it has like, just like a flat mouth thing that's like, I think it eats like, Algae off the glass, or something. it eats whatever rolls its way. <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> but they're gross looking mouths. Yeah. Alan probably went to that Chinese restaurant and they're like, What would you like to order? And he's like, Sea, sea urchin <laughs> like, sex organs. He's just like, Please. Ho ho, ding dong day. <laughs> like, Oh, ding dong, you get sea urchin? Okay. <laughs> okay. And you just get a sea urchin ding dong. <laughs> Is that from Man- or, uh, Robin Hood Man Tyson? Yeah. He's like, ha ha ding dong day. He's like, ho ho ding dong day. It's when he's saying, like, is it goodbye in all the different languages or something? But anyway, so yeah, that's this red sea urchin. And then I was like, okay, what else? And then I found, oh, these are a little cooler. They're koi, they're fish from my land. <laughs> they're like goldfish from my land. So koi, if you don't know what those are, I think most people do, but they're basically like giant goldfish looking things. Um, but the thing is that koi actually typically only live 25 to 30 years, which is not that long compared to what the animals that we're talking about now. So why would and I it's, And it's all work and no play for that 25 years. Because, <laughs> you know, they don't like playing koi. Oh. They also don't remember anything. <laughs> They just circle <laughs> around. So, yeah. actually, I think I did see a couple things that said that the koi, um, some of the koi would actually start to get to recognize their owners. Like, kind oh. of like, but I don't know if it's that or really just like they're like, oh, I've seen this shape before, and the shape usually means food. That could have been that. Oh. Um, but anyway, so. The thing is that if koi are able to live in colder climates and then hibernate, though, this can extend their lifespan um, tremendously. But there is one koi on record by the name of Hanako that lived in Japan and lived and died at the age of 226. They know this. <laughs> and they questioned it. They did. But then they got the fish. Questioned the fish? Well, no. They, oh. <laughs> How old are How you? How old really? are you, fish? <laughs> 226. Oh, fish talk. <laughs> I feel very racist <laughs> by trying. You guys can do it, but if I do it, it's racist. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, no, what they did, I guess, is they, they were able to get some, like, the scales off the fish and they were able to dissect them. And I guess there's a way you can tell by the scales somehow how old the fish is. And they're like, yeah, actually, 226 is like right in the ballpark of how old we would project this fish to be. So, I mean, to me, I was like, that's uh, that's an old goldfish. Like, usually and then they sold its sex organs to China. 
Usually, yeah, but usually you have to explain to your kid that your fish went to the fish farm or something, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sorry, Timmy. Your fish Where's my fish? We took him to the fish farm so that he could be with other fish for a long time, right? That's kind of how you have to explain things to kids when it comes to pets. Well, <laughs> this is the only fish that I know of that they were probably, he's like, where's Timmy? And he's like, oh, your owner went to the people farm. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have a new owner. And he had experienced that several times. <laughs> through his life, Hanako's life. <laughs> but, and Only then two times if it was the oldest Japanese person in history. That's true. It could have only been two. But I'm just going to say that it was more than two. Um, so that's cool, but it's still a fish. So then I moved into, oh, hey, check out this animal. What kind of the, why, why do you have these animal biases? Like, <laughs> that's cool, but it's still just a step. Animal sucks. <laughs> this animal sucks. I don't know. Like, why. Unless, I just, like I like more. I don't know. Finally, you get to like the oldest bigger. tiger. It was like thirty-five, and you're like, "That's what I'm talking about." <laughs> he lived four years longer than any other tiger. But there's a tuatara. Do you guys know what a tuatara is? No. Alan. Oh, I'd like to change my first answer to the oldest animal that I think would be the Jersey Devil. <laughs> But no, I don't know what a Tuatara is. <laughs> the Jersey Devil would be getting up there because it was born in 1735, is yeah. that what we said? So anyway, the Tuatara is a reptile um, that can live. They project that they can live to be up to 200 years old, but the oldest one on record lived to be 111. Um, but they think they can live longer than that. They just don't have an actual record of one living longer than that. Um, but these are interesting for a couple of reasons to me. One is they are the last known direct like descendants of animals that lived with the dinosaurs. So Tuataras, they can track them back to being alive up to 200 million years ago. So when the dinosaurs were still <laughs> Roman. <laughs> what? Sorry, just how you said it. <laughs> You, you <laughs> I was hoping that that didn't come across. <laughs> it's like he tried to say some words, but just forgot to open his mouth a little bit wider to say the words. Hey, I did kind of have like a like a S sound in there, but yeah. So these these uh, animals have been traced back to 200 million years ago. They're kind of the last known relatives of the dinosaurs. Um, but they're just kind of a smaller, like they're like a lizard um, looking thing. The other thing is these animals have three eyes. So they have a third eye. Their third eye just happens to be like right on the top of their head. But, oh. and it apparently has like the lenses and all of the different components that go with an eye. But it actually doesn't work, like for vision at least. So kind they're like a spider sense. So they're, yeah, they're trying to figure out like <laughs> what could it be used for? And yeah, they're exactly, they're like, Maybe it could be for some kind of other sense or something that like they're able to do like detect sonar waves or do something like that with it. It's on the so, top of their head? Yeah, it's like on the very top of their head. And these are land animals? Yes. Maybe it's like uh never mind. I was gonna say like to scare off birds that are trying to attack them. So by <laughs> possibly. I don't know. Just like I'm keeping an eye on you. Yeah. But 
this is just like a quick side note because I listen to every episode that we do because I put together the show notes and get like the timestamps. So for anyone who listens to our show and they're like, oh, do you know what? I, I don't, not, I'm not that interested in this question. I want to jump to this question. Just look in our show notes and you can see where the timestamp is for like any particular question that we have on that show. But in doing so, I realized that Alan's favorite phrase is to start a sentence and then just say, never mind. <laughs> so I, de- I think never mind. <laughs> it should be anybody who wants to do a drinking game. If you don't drink alcohol, just use like Pepsi or Coke or Gatorade or whatever. But yeah, you should just turn it into a drinking game and just drink every time Alan says, never mind. 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 <laughs> you will no longer be listening to us now. <laughs> You're going to be passed out. So anyway, but yeah, they think that the reason that these Tuatara animals live so long or lizards live so long is because they have an extremely slow metabolism. Um, and then now we get into what Trav loves. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. That's fine. But that doesn't live super long. So what else does? So we get into the tortoise. Ah, the tortoise. And two in particular that I'm going to focus on. So there's the Galapagos tortoise. Do you guys know what the Galapagos, like where have you heard that from before? The islands. Yep. Yep. Is that what you <laughs> the, were looking for? The finches and... Uh, yeah, so who visited the islands? The... Uh, dang it, what's his name? I totally... Evolution guy. Gulliver. Darwin. Gulliver. Darwin. Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver. <laughs> Gulliver. <laughs> Gulliver little and, tiny people there as well. <laughs> Gulliver and Darwin. <laughs> yep, so Darwin visited the Galapagos Islands in 1885. Okay, so keep that in mind. Got it. All right. So they found that the oldest Galapagos tortoise on record lived to be 177 years old. So it's feasible that there were turtles that were on those islands when tortoise. Darwin or tar- tortoise tortoises on the island when Dar- Darwin visited in 1885 that are still alive today. Wow. Mm. So if you think of it that way, that's how old they are because. I don't think there's any humans that are still alive when Darwin Wait, so there. what exactly is the difference between a tortoise and a uh, turtle? I think... Does anybody know? I'm just guessing. I actually didn't, don't know for sure, but I'm thinking that tortoises are more land-based yep. and turtles have more of an ability to be in water. Oh, uh, okay. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> just be my guess. But yeah, the Galapagos tortoise is known as the largest tortoise. It can grow over five feet long and weigh over 550 pounds. And I saw a picture of one standing next to a horse and it's like comparable to a horse. Yeah. Like it's definitely, it's like it's shorter, but it like its shell went up to probably like the horse's neck and then it's a massive tortoise. Yeah. And like, or a really tiny horse. <laughs> That's true. A brony. It could have been freaking bronies. A trick of the eye. And maybe if I can find that picture, maybe I'll post it um, too, so you guys. Can the see biggest it. tortoise I've ever seen was the one in Never Ending Story. Oh, Remember that one? Yes, uh, that like was like the size hill. of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Aldebra giant tortoise. Um, so there was one named Adwa uh, Adwita Adwita. I guess it lived in a garden in India. Trav, maybe you can uh, pronounce this name better than me. It is right there. Yeah, Adwaita. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. 
You are correct. Are you sure it's not add water? Uh, add water. <laughs> no, they were just short staffed and like, who do we need? Add waiter. <laughs> it's just like somebody's trying to tell them to go feed the, like give the tortoise water. They're like, add water. Add waiter. Add like, water. Oh, is that, the, water. is that the tortoise's name? Okay, add waiter. <laughs> Uh, I used a joke like that on my son earlier today, and I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was, oh yeah, that's right. We were listening to something that's talking about like the 1999 women's soccer team that won the national, the world cup. Cup, And the, one of the main girls on that team was Mia Hamm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was like, so Kai, do you think that Mia was ever like gone off like to a different room or like somewhere else and this the guy was look the guy was looking for her and he didn't know where she he was and he just like turned around and was like, Hey, get me a get me a ham. And then <laughs> Wow. And then the guy was like, Sir, we only have turkey or roast beef. And how then, dare you <laughs> compare your joke to my tortoise joke? <laughs> 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 that then I hurts looked, my feelings. I sir. looked at Kai and I'm like, "Was that a good one?" And he just shook his head. And so it looked ended out the window. Your, it ended with your son giving you a dead arm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but they believe that this tortoise, uh, particular tortoise, was born in 1750 and died in 2006, making it how old, Alan? <laughs> 156. That is incorrect. Or 256. That is correct. <laughs> 256 year old turtle or tortoise. So we're going to skip past that. Tortoise, whatevs. Ocean quahog. I wanted to talk about this mostly because these are not the most exciting animals either. It's like a little They're snail. basically like clam looking things. Yeah. Oh. And they can tell the age of a quahog. Apparently, you can count like the rings on it or something, kind of like you can count the rings on a tree, and that will tell you how old they are. So they found one that they realized was 507 years old, so they named it Ming after the Chinese Ming Dynasty because the Ming Dynasty was in power when this quahog would have been born. And then the researchers, when they were trying to figure out how old it was, they I guess they have to kind of open them a, li- a little bit so trying to figure it out they ended up killing it what trying to open a holes so okay. yeah so in the name of science <laughs> they, they were kill they were really just after its sex organs they're like do you know how delicious they'll be after 507 years in the sea yuck <laughs> yuck <laughs> uh, yeah those probably went for a pretty penny online would you purchase them Trav no <laughs> I'd purchase a pretty penny. <laughs> okay. Nice. Would you pay more than a cent? All right. Next. <laughs> so now Next. we can get into the good stuff, all right? Oh, what? <laughs> so we're going to have to start moving this along, Gary. <laughs> okay. So we have the bowhead whale. This is the one that Trav was talking about. And is this something that you looked up then because you knew about it? I think it was the blue whale that I looked up. Okay. But. The blue whale, I believe, lives to be, can be lived to be like 110 years old. Yeah. But the bowhead whale uh, is a whale that they've found um, can live over 200 years. And one of the early reasons that they know this is because they found um, old like spearheads 
embedded in the whale's skin that when they carbon dated it, they were spearheads from 200 plus years ago. And so it looked like somebody was trying to fish for, or trying to hunt for them early 200 years ago. And apparently it was unsuccessful. It's, blood, it's blubber. Yeah. But yeah, the bowhead whale is the second to largest whale behind the blue whale. And it's, but it's the fattest whale um, as it has 20 inches um, of blubber kind of surrounding its whole body. So it's like a really thick blubber. <laughs> so thick. So thick. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Why? Anytime I hear the word thick, I always just quote workaholics. <laughs> I think you've already quoted it I on the yeah. show several times. Thick bitch. <laughs> I don't think it's anything new. So just check episodes one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so these are the chubby uh, whales of the sea, but it makes sense because they live in the Arctic. So they live where it's super cold. Um, and that's where they spend most of their lives. Most, I was going to say spend most of their days, but, um, but then they found out another interesting thing. So they're like, okay, so let's really dig into this. Like how long can these animals live? Because again, this is another animal that doesn't seem to like, they've never caught one that they were like, Oh, this is a geriatric whale. This is an old whale. Um, the whales always seem to be just in completely fine health. There's not a big difference between a whale that's 200 and a whale that's 20. So they were able to get one like an Inuit clan or something was able to capture one. They were able to get one of its eyeballs and they took that to a lab and there's an amino acid inside of the eyeball mm. that all mammals create. And this amino acid has like a certain um, half-life, I guess they can tell. So they're able to deduce from that exactly how old the whale was. And like the particular whale that they were testing on that they caught that they used uh, from that hunt was 175 years old. But it's kind of an uh, interesting science. That was a bow whale. Bowhead, bowhead, bowhead. Yeah. So it's just an interesting science that they have this amino acid. They know that decays at a certain rate. So you, me, Trav, we all have it apparently because we're mammals. Mm. Last time I checked. Yep. (laughs) I'm a a man. I'm a man, a manimal. All right. And so, but yeah, that's, that's the, uh, so the only way that they know that bowhead whales really die is that they do have one issue. And when they get to be about 200 years old, they seem to lose their sight, their eyesight goes, and then they start running into rocks at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> until they just die. <laughs> so they essentially die from clumsiness. <laughs> <laughs> So like, yeah, they're just like, I, be, I was doing so good. And I think I watched like a video that kind of was joking about that too. And they're like, just somebody needs to come up with whale glasses <laughs> <laughs> and then this, the whales be fine forever. But then the, this is the one, this is the animal that intrigued all of this from the beginning. And it's the Greenland shark. Have you guys heard of the Greenland shark? I'm imagining it is a shark from Greenland. I, I second that. It is a shark, and yes, I think it lives by Greenland. (laughs) (laughs) I am right. (laughs) But I think it lives, yeah, it lives in colder climates, um, again, in the Arctic. Uh, But the Greenland shark is a a fairly ugly-looking shark comparatively. Um, 
but they found sharks that they project to be as old as 512 years old. And again, there's no exact science apparently to this, so they're just guessing, but that's kind of what they figure um, is the top range. So they think <laughs> One of the most terrifying creatures of the sea will never die. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just live for pretty much ever to eat you. And so they've measured like how fast they grow. They grow super slow. They grow like one centimeter per year. They move super slow. They move like one foot per second, which is just kind of gliding along at a nice slow pace in the water. Um, but that's kind of what they attribute to its long lifespan is that it just it grows really slow. It moves really slow. It lives in cold climate. So like all these things together just allow this animal to live for a really long time. Um, but then they had this issue where they always thought it was like a super docile animal. But what they had is they had this island that these seals kept washing up on the island dead with these weird like corkscrew looking wounds, like these super straight, but like almost like they filleted it in like a circle corkscrew circle around the seal's body. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like they, you could like take the seal, just like stretch like it like a, like, a yeah, slinky. like a slinky. And so they could not figure out what was causing this to happen to these animals. And they went through the normal predators, the, you know, the great white shark. They're like, but that would just be like a chunk bitten out of it. We've seen those before. They looked for other, like, was it polar bears? But no, it wasn't polar bears. Was it maybe boats that were hitting them? But they found that it wasn't that because like the area that they were being attacked in and, and found were like areas where boats couldn't even go. So long story short, it took them a long time, but they eventually figured out it was these Greenland sharks who have kind of a different mouth than like a normal great white shark or something. So when they latch on, they do this sawing motion Mm. back and forth. And then that's what causes the corkscrew wounds. And then they were able to identify the corkscrew killer is what they call it. So just if you go on YouTube and you just look up corkscrew killer, you can watch a documentary. (laughs) They name it like the serial killer. (laughs) The corkscrew killer tonight on Dateline. It is. If you're a seal, it is like your serial killer. But seals don't eat cereal. (laughs) Does it say that in your notes? Oh, man. (laughs) Nope. That was just off the top of my head. All right. So then we get to the grand. grand, How many are there? The grand. You know, Danny. How many more? This is it. Is they get to the grand resistance, right? And so this is the immortal jellyfish. Mm. Is this what you were talking about, Trav? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know about this, so I don't know why all your friends do. <laughs> but the immortal jellyfish, fifth, the immortal jellyfish, also known as the Turritopsis nutricula jellyfish, uh, is a jellyfish that is able to, as far as they know, live indefinitely. And this is because this jellyfish has an unparalleled ability to revert back from being an adult to basically being a baby or what they call in for jellyfish, a polyp. So if they ever get injured, if they ever feel super threatened or something, they can literally just revert their bodies back to being a baby. It's like the Phoenix of the sea. Oh, I have heard about this. Yeah. You have? They can, they basically can turn back into stem cells or. Yeah. Or like, yeah. And so. Embryo. So basically, it would just be like Trav getting scared and then just like immediately reverting to a baby. (laughs) 
and then just starting his life over. That, <laughs> is that you say it? Is it like you get scared often? <laughs> you know how often Trav gets scared. It's like if, every time he did that, uh, he'd go back to being a baby. I feel like that would do no, that would put you in more danger. You're just like a full grown man, you get scared, and now you're just a little baby. <laughs> ah, I'm like, gonna change to my weakest state. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, you gotta go back to like, you gotta throw off the enemy, right? Just be like, I can't murder a baby. Like, it's totally cool killing a man, but so anyway, yeah. But the thing is that these animals can do this like indefinitely. They, there's no like, they can only do it once or anything like that. They can apparently do it over and over again. So as long as they don't die from disease or die from being eaten or something like that they hypothetically can live forever. So I thought that was cool, which made me think we need to learn from these animals. Well, I think they are, aren't they? Aren't they trying to figure out, um, I don't know, like an anti-aging Well, I swear I've seen some, some commercial ad for like some type of medicine that they're like, we use the chemical from a jellyfish. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Use the poop of the jellyfish. Rub it on your face and (laughs) you will look like a baby. (laughs) I wonder if... I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Maybe that has something to do with it then. Um, But yeah, like I think it would come back to like kind of the whole stem cell research thing because I think ultimately what happens, like why we as humans age and die is that our cells split so many times and eventually they can't make copies of themselves anymore or can't make reliable copies of themselves anymore and that's why you age and you die because basically your whole your body just I think shuts down because like is it called the telomer telomeres or something on the dna smears yeah smears <laughs> or something telomeres i don't know something oh, like that but on the end of the dna string. yeah and every get shorter it, every time yeah it gets shorter and shorter and then eventually your dna gets corrupted because it's too short yeah and then isn't that also another way if like corruption corrupted DNA can cause cancer and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so these are the lessons I learned um, from these animals. So if you want to live a long time, you need to grow slowly, which I was proud of because I have never experienced growing pains in my life <laughs> because I grew so slowly and so steadily that I never had like a growth spurt. <laughs> so I already am ahead of the game. The other thing is you want to mature slowly, you get to sexual maturity very slowly. So Trav, you have this on for us as you never hit puberty until you were like 40. <laughs> <laughs> No, we used to tease Trav That's because rude. he was like 14, 15, and we would, I would call, like, this is the classic phone call that I would always make fun of Trav for. I'd be like, like, we get a, I'd call his house and I hear this, hello? I'm like, hey, Mrs. Cole, is Trav there? This is him. Because <laughs> he tried to make his voice deep. <laughs> this I is was, him. I was a late bloomer, Alex. <laughs> but in final jeopardy. But no, but see, what I'm saying is like, <laughs> That was, it was a good thing for you because now you get to live longer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, You have to have a really slow metabolism, which again, bonus points for me because- Not bonus points for me. (laughs) 
I like eat a French fry and I gain four pounds. <laughs> like I, it's just super easy for me to gain weight. So apparently nothing is burning off. Um, and then you mostly the old animals are marine animals of some kind. Um, so I'm going to take up swimming. <laughs> that might that make sense out. since like the oceans have more of most of all animals in the world. Right. Majority of it. And they take up, I think, 70% of the world. And that's where animals originated. So it makes sense that they would have aging down before land animals. Could, yeah. I mean, I the thoughts I had were like, you live in the ocean, maybe gravity doesn't place such a toll on your body because you're like floating, basically. You're buoyant in the water. Um, but yeah, other things are like environment. If it's really cold, like a lot of these animals that live a long time live in cold climates. Cause I think that just slows everything down. Um, slows down your metabolism, slows down your growth. So, you know, so that is probably another reason that you can live a long time. It's almost like being in cryostasis that we've talked about before, right? Demolition, man. Yeah. But <laughs> Austin powers. And then <laughs> something that someone po- brought up is like, Size doesn't seem to matter because it's anywhere from a huge bowhead whale to well, like. I don't. <laughs> I'm sure there'd be some ladies that <laughs> otherwise, but. <laughs> uh, but you know, if you have that long, I mean, you could find somebody. Um, and then just how different animal cells respond to various diseases and their immunities and their resistance to those uh, diseases. So, if you're naturally prone to be resistant to like a bunch of the threats out there, then you're less likely to get sick and and die from that. So yeah, uh, that was kind of my takeaways from old animals. I don't know if I covered that well enough for you, Trav. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish there was more. Oh, okay. I I know by saying that, I know you have more. (laughs) I know you have more notes. I skipped some of those. How could you have skipped? But... (laughs) It's okay. We won't go over them because I actually really would like to talk about alchemy. Oh, all right. Alchemy. Let's just... Al, you got it. Let's start out with that. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. (laughs) How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? (laughs) I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. (laughs) But tonight, (laughs) we are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> I know that whole part. Like, and you say I have a long know. one. You do. <laughs> and I took a little page out of your book. But uh, <laughs> he really only did that because he said, because I only believe in science. That's <laughs> 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 really nothing to do with and alchemy. We watched the whole movie instead. Oh, yeah. I would love to watch Nacho Libre <laughs> right now. But uh, so. I am, yes, going to be talking a little bit about alchemy. Uh, You know, is it science or magic? Um, 
And uh, just to give you a little preface on why I, I, I came up with this, and uh, the answer is uh, I've been doing some nerd stuff and and uh, been watching some some cartoons. I I I know we've talked about this before, but it might be on an episode that we actually haven't aired. So <laughs> another lost a episode. lost episode. But uh, that is my process of going to sleep. I don't like to watch things that I'm actually super duper interested in because then I don't fall asleep. But so cartoons seem to do it. Um, and uh, so in my search for things, there's uh, like on Netflix and Hulu, there's a lot of anime. I've never really been interested in that, but I've found a few that have some decent storylines. And this one in particular was uh, somebody recommended it to me years and years ago. And I started watching a little bit of it, stopped, and then just picked it up again. But that is Full Metal Alchemist. Um, which I'm not going to get into what that story is, but because of that, uh, I was I was curious. I was like, okay, is this like a? I know this is more than just a something for you know a a Japanese cartoon. Like I know that this, this is, is rooted from full, something full metal or full, full? metal alchemist. Okay. So anyway, that is. So I decided I was going to do a little bit of research on this and. Uh, and yeah, like I said before, I am not one typically to talk about these type of subjects. Uh, it goes a little bit too deep for me, but I'm going to handle it in a way that I prefer to handle things or that... It, that <laughs> what are you saying, Trav? Or that uh, is a little you... bit more interesting to me. So instead of taking it really from a science... I have a new question. Huh? What things do you like to handle? Oh, so funny. <laughs> You and your jokes. Um, (laughs) But no, I I take a look at it from a history perspective instead of a science perspective. Um, So I'll go through this. Um, For the sake of time, um, we'll let's hold our like a lot of, I guess, I mean, if you have comments, comment, but, you know, maybe hold them until we uh, get to the end. But uh, so as far as the history goes, alchemy uh, kind of has been around for a long time, probably as long as some of these animals that you've been talking about. Um, <laughs> Even the sponges? Maybe. I don't know. Thousands of years, yeah, because um, this started back around uh, the time of Alexander the Great. So by the year 332 BC, Alexander the Great had conquered Egypt. Um, and so the Greeks became actually, once they conquered, the Greeks became interested in the Egyptian beliefs of life after death. And if you know anything about Egyptian culture, which I don't really, but I definitely know about mummies. (laughs) And so, you know, this whole belief of life after death, mummifying their, uh, their their, their bodies and loved ones with the, uh, hopes that, or I don't know if it's necessarily hopes, but they definitely believed that. Uh, there would be life later on and that they were preserving their bodies, which actually has, I mean, if, I mean, I don't know who the first or or what the original intent was, but they definitely were scientists maybe without even realizing it um, or knowing that they were paving the way for, for, you know, scientific exploration and things like that by uh, using, chemistry and uh, to, to preserve these bodies. Um, and so when the Greeks came, came over and they, they conquered and they, they saw this, they were very interested by it. Um, and then they, they decided to take their stuff, which was more like their belief that everything, um, 
everything in nature comes from the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. The only thing they're missing is heart and Captain Planet. Uh, (laughs) Captain Planet is a product of when you add heart. I was going to say say Lilu. Yeah, the fifth element. element. So, great movie. Yeah, my wife hasn't seen it. I told her because it's on Netflix. I'm like, we're watching this sometime. She's like, it looks dumb. I'm like, ah, no, it isn't. It's awesome. <laughs> it it's is amazing. Awesome. It is a good movie. It Chris. sounds stupid, but it is amazing. It's and Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker is amazing. How you doing, my man? Kobe, <laughs> Kobe, my man. I think, I think Kobe. I think Kobe's trying to tell me something. <laughs> but anyway, so when they merged these two beliefs, so you kind of have the Egyptian side of things, which is a little bit more spiritual, but then you have theirs, which uh, is a little bit more. Um, I don't know what the word Fact for based, that. Fact-based, yeah. Science-based. And uh, so the result emerging the two became what they called chemia, uh, or chemia. I don't know how to actually pronounce that, but it, it's the Greek word for Egypt. But then later on in the 7th century, when Egypt was occupied by Arabs, they added the all to chemia, meaning the black land, which I guess because of the the land by the 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 sea or the river that's there I can't the remember. nile the nile there we go uh is like black sand so they call it the black land but that, Isn't that uh, the one thing is if you don't believe in that river you're in denial the, oh that was from disneyland when i went on their jungle cruise oh okay no, it's so from, that wasn't it's also yours. from beastie boys intergalactic oh is well, it something they say something like if you something you're in denial Never mind. <laughs> Drink, everybody. Never mind. <laughs> so adding the all to it, you know, alchemy. Um, so thus, I mean, the thing with alchemy is just that there actually isn't a lot about what it was in the early, early days of its birth, I guess. Um, but what happened was uh, books were written, you know, from the Greeks. The Arabs also, you know, kind of took that, uh, learned from it, wrote their own books. And then later on, um, I believe in the 8th century, traveled to Spain where it became – it kind of grew from there. Um, really Is became that where popular. You, th- you were saying earlier that that became westernized yes. or like the yeah. alchemy that, itself? Yeah. So that's where it kind of took on a whole other idea. And uh, so it, it was at that point that alchemy evolved from somewhat of a spiritual practice to something a little bit more beneficial to mankind. And I'll put that in quotes uh, because it was believed that lesser – by using alchemy – Lesser metals, such as like aluminum, brass, copper, tin, lead, lead, uh, could then be what's called transmutated into the better metals, which would be silver and gold. And so that actually, at that point, became the whole reason for alchemy um, was to do that until, of course, it evolved into a little something more than that, which we'll get into. But so, however, uh, in order to make these changes, make these metals change from something ugly into something beautiful, they couldn't just use the idea that, oh, uh, you know, use the earth and wind and fire, all this stuff, and, you know, and believe really hard, and you can just wave your hand over the metal, and all of a sudden it becomes gold. It needed something else. And what it needed was the Philosopher's Stone. Dun, dun, dun. What? what is, is this the like something in Avengers? 
So the philosopher's it's not stone. Not an infinity stone. <laughs> so <laughs> this is like the earthbound version of it's like the yeah. the weaker version of the infinity stone, I guess. And so the yeah, the philosopher's stone uh, was just an idea at first, and and in my research, and if anybody knows this, please let us know. But it doesn't actually say who came up with this idea that of the philosopher's stone. Now, basically, the stone was. I'm going to take right, a well, shot in the dark, though. I think it was a philosopher. Probably. <laughs> I don't know his name. If anyone else does, <laughs> some philosopher, some philosophizer uh, decided that you needed a stone to change metals into gold. Now, it actually probably was not a stone, though. Uh, from what I was able to, to find, now, Plato. You know that seems he's a philosopher. Like he's a philosopher. Uh, he theorized that the stone was actually made up of the four elements, which we mentioned earlier: Wind. earth, fire, air, water. water. And hold on, I lost my spot here. Um, from the four elements, and the, he called it prima materia, which is the first matter, oh. which was associated with chaos. Now, chaos is referred to you know, what there was before the universe was created. So when the universe was created, there was this, this matter that embedded itself in all natural things. Mm -hmm. And so the stone that they are referring to or that they're talking to is actually this matter. So it's not an actual stone. It could be a dust, could be a, you know, a liquid, liquid. It could be, anything dark matter it could yes anything but so what that did is it created this quest for the for the philosopher's stone which sounds super cool <laughs> and in my google searching i found that it was actually a game a board game <laughs> and uh so now I'm, stone? yeah it's called the quest for the philosopher's stone i'm curious did about you it. buy well, it no but uh but the quest wasn't really because when at first i was thinking okay is this just a bunch of guys going on this quest, like the quest for the Holy Grail, or you know, just going to the ends of the earth, like to people find physically this, going to find, yeah, it. or like Indiana Jones going into a cave, and there the Philosopher's Stone will be? Uh, that is not what it was. The quest was really meaning that all of these alchemists and these scientists were grabbing all of these things, just items uh, from from the earth, and taking them back to their. Labs. To their lab, and they were just analyzing them, trying to break them apart, find out what all the things were that made yeah. it what it is, and in hopes that they would finally find that missing part that could be added to make these metals, you know, turn into gold. But also, when they did find it, the belief was that they would be able to crack the idea of i mean apparently what the jellyfish has figured out and that is immortality because they also called the the philosopher's stone the elixir of life but kind of a what you were just saying it sounds like what physicists do nowadays in like uh the hadron collider the super collider like looking which for is basically yeah just elements. breaking things apart and seeing what comes out yeah yeah Breaking particles apart, seeing what other particles shoot out. So, interestingly enough, 
I mean, when we're talking about this quest, there's actually some names that uh, are very well known in history of people who were also searching for the Philosopher's Stone. One of those being, and now this isn't a word that, or a word, a guy that I knew, but uh, probably, I mean, you guys might have heard it, but um, Roger Boyle, who is the father, considered the father, 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 father. <laughs> my father, <laughs> a father of modern chemistry. Um, also, Sir Isaac Newton. I've was, heard of him. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely searched for, for the Philosopher's Stone and a man by the name of Nicholas Flamel. Now, he was a bookkeeper. Ah, in the uh, inventor of phlegm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, most people know Nicholas Flamel in another context, which would be in the fictitious book Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And uh, in that book, he is the one who. So, because the first one, and don't know, don't you, I don't know if you know this or not, guys. But originally, the book was called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, I which then later that. on changed to the Sorcerer's Stone. I think so, I only know that because I read something about yeah. that recently, looking at alchemy stuff. Yeah. So when um, J.K. Rowling is explaining the Sorcerer's Stone and talking about it, she talks about Nicholas Flamel who in her book is fictitious, but in he is a real person or was a real person in real life. So um, now so he is the only one. History. Yeah. Nicholas Flamel is the only one to claim to have found, oh, God, still going through that sexual maturity. You're going to live a long uh, while. <laughs> he is the only one to claim that he had found, actually found the Philosopher's Stone and that was able to transmutate metals into gold. Now, it has not been confirmed necessarily that he actually did that, but it was, as, as history goes, he did fall into quite a bit of money about that time, which is 1832, was it? No, sorry, I was a little... Uh, Backwards, there. 1382. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds really recent <laughs> in the context of things. But uh, but yeah, so he fell into a lot of money at that time. Maybe he did. Maybe he cracked the code. I don't know. And it said that he cracked it by reading um, some old alchemy texts that were written, you know, from like Greek and Arab and all that stuff and, and uh, just figured it out. But was, like, did you read anything on him as far as like... This happened, and then he started buying like nice things, but he was a man of simple needs. And I didn't then, read too much into him. Over time, though, he was like, he bought himself a robe, and then he was like, well, my robe is too fancy for my straw chair, and my straw chair might rip my robe, so then he bought himself a fancy chair, but then he's like, my chair is too fancy for my simple desk, so he bought himself a fancy desk, and like this just kept going on and on. Until, like, the last thing in his house that he hadn't replaced was, like, this rug. But he kept the rug to remind him that he that was, he once, was poor. once poor. <laughs> <laughs> this but reminds me of I could simpler be, days. I could be wrong. I mean, that could have been somebody else. And I'm no, just I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that was it or not. <laughs> but all I know is just that he came into money, some money at that time. So that he made those claims. Now, that brings us to a point of, all right, kind of what, what happened to alchemy? 
you know, as, as, cause I mean, now, like I told you, I only knew about it because of a cartoon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I'd heard it, but you know, don't really know much, didn't know much about it. So, well, in the 17th century, alchemists basically split into two groups. The first group focused more on the discovery of new compounds and their reactions, which basically is now known as chemistry. And then the second group continued the search for the stone and immortality, and of course, to turn metals into gold. So, and I believe that as time went on, there were just less and less of those um, to where it's just, I mean, now in modern day times, I mean, it's just chemistry. It's, it's how things react, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like I always thought of chemistry and alchemy as like astronomy to astrology. That's how yeah. I, I always kind of thought of it. Like one is like one it's led very, the yeah. other. Yeah. Like one kind of was like a story base that got people interested in that subject matter. Is that kind of what well, I was going to say? Like astronomy is more scientific. <laughs> it's, it's not like they're not both sciences yeah. and astronomy is like more chemistry. Like, hey, this chemistry is the star more patterns. Like, like chemistry is the more scientific avenue of alchemy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, it's a very interesting topic and, and, and subject. I mean, when we're talking about the fact, like, is it like magic or science? Well, when you go back far enough, yeah. any science seemed magical. So any type of advancement in that area, I mean, people just looked at it as just witchcraft or wizardry. Wizardry. So, And I think the th- same thing could be said for now. I mean, there's going to be certain things that would baffle us that could be science-based. Chris Angel. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably just like a really good scientist. <laughs> but like, yeah, like that baffle us now that – really do have like a common exp- like an explanation that could be science based you know and uh i don't know did you have anything else on no. on the subject um i just had a couple things to add but basically to what you said but the whole uh thing of looking for the philosopher's stone apparently was called like the process of trying to create it mm-hmm. it's called magnum opus mhm and to me, that sounded magical. <laughs> so that's really <laughs> why I wanted to mention it. It just sounded like it would come just out of Harry Potter. I wanted to say magnum opus. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like it would be, it, it probably is in Harry Potter at some point. They're probably like magnum opus. But I mean, and, nowadays you get like things that are aw- like super awesome and cutting edge that are, they kind of are just alchemy, like material sciences, like figuring out, oh, if we combine these materials, all of a sudden you have a super strong material or a super lightweight material, all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I yeah, think that I mean, it definitely moved into science. I mean, what uh, originally, and, and I had this discussion with Trav uh, earlier, but is it so much that from the get-go people thought, oh, we are doing science, or were they just saying, well, this is what I want to try and accomplish, and then the byproduct of it was the basis of chemistry or pharmacology, um, these different sciences that were birthed out of it. Yeah, medicine and stuff like that. Yeah, so, and like, I mean, another side effect, good or bad, I guess you could say, is that alchemy wasn't just, I mean, Trav definitely focused on like the Western civilization, 
but it was something that was happening in Africa. It was happening China, China, and it was actually the Chinese and a Chinese alchemist who ended up through his processes creating gunpowder. That's how gunpowder. Oh yeah, the Chinese did invent that. Yeah, so it was an alchemist that came up with gunpowder. So you could say good because. We, we get fireworks. fireworks. Bad because we can <laughs> kill people. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, but then it was like Trav said. So out the philosopher's stone was meant to turn base metals into gold or silver, and also was all known as the elixir of life. So whoever possessed the philosopher's stone or something is how I took it. That immortality that had immortality. Um, but it looks Flamel like is no longer alive, so I'm assuming he didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> or he just has to live his life, secret life, and start over every so often, like that. Every, What's like, that girl? Like the jellyfish. He just gets scared and goes back to being yeah. a baby. Wasn't there a movie about a girl who like never aged? Age of Adeline. Yeah, and she never saw it. Yet I know what new it is. identities. Was Interview with a Vampire? Was that kind of like he was telling his story of like because he is super old the vampire do you guys know what i'm talking about yeah. that movie wasn't that kind of like he's a vampire so he never ages and so he's been living for hundreds of years i don't know it's, they say about all vampires like, yeah like i think they Twilight, all have a long time little glittery oh. vampires <laughs> i know that's just a vampire thing that they live forever maybe you should have a question sometimes it's like what are the uh how main? long do vampires live? <laughs> <laughs> what are the main attributes of vampires? Uh, um, but yeah, so the Philosopher's Stone was thought to have the power to turn base metals into gold or silver, heal all forms of illness, prolong life indefinitely, create perpetual burning lamps, turn basic crystals into precious stones and diamonds, revive dead plants, create flexible, malleable glass, and also create clones. Okay, but the thing is, so this had, is a very magical stone. The thing is, had they succeeded in being able to like create silver and gold whenever they felt like it, then those wouldn't be valuable anymore, right? You would, yeah. everybody would be able to. Have well, the be one diluting, person yeah, be diluting yeah. the supply. Yeah, if there were a bunch of people, I'd say that that's more so. But if you just had one yeah. person that kind of figured that out, yeah, and he made just enough to like keep. He could literally like run the industry as far as like like the oil industry is run by OPEC and they can kind of control the uh, the supply and therefore control uh, price. Yeah. yeah. Um but finally just so you guys know alchemy in the sense of turning lead into gold is been solved. They can do it now. Cuz basically if you look at it from a molecular standpoint Lead has an atomic number of 82. Gold has an atomic number of 79. So if you can just splice off three protons from a lead atom, it becomes gold. So they can do that now with science. I think it would go back to what we've... I don't know. It might be another lost episode, but we talked about... uh, What was your question that went with the energy and... The uh, nuclear fusion. Yeah. Fusion and fission. This would probably be fission. Yeah, fission. Of splicing off three protons to create gold. The only problem with this, though, is you get a huge the amount of gold <laughs> that you would produce by doing this would cost, it would cost more to create yeah. it than the gold itself would be worth. Yeah. So, so it's just cool to do it, but 
yeah, it's, you're not going to get rich. You're going to lose money yep. at this point. So <laughs> if you can find a cheap way to do that, then yeah, then I guess so I don't know rich. if you guys know this, but all the gold there is in the universe was created inside stars. Yes, I did. That, know that. fused them together. And most heavy elements were created. Now they they think by colliding neutron stars is where like most of the heavy elements in the universe came from. Hmm. Well, the last thing that uh, I will mention because we're going to put this uh, video up as well. Uh, it's not necessarily alchemy, but it's a little bit of a science experiment. We wanted to change stuff into gold, but apparently it's a lot to do that, even if it's fake. Um, <laughs> There you have was, to get a yeah, lot there of... There was a process that Trav found that he said to me, he's like, can we do this? And then as we dug into it a little bit deeper, uh, it looks like that you're dealing with things that evolve or transform into arsenic. Yeah. And it's apparently really dangerous. <laughs> and we didn't want to touch that stuff. And we're pretty novice at this. So. so we decided to just deal with an egg some vinegar, and Coca-Cola. Um, if you've seen the videos going around of people just putting eggs in a cup and pouring Coke in it and leaving it for 24 hours, and it apparently becomes a bouncy ball. Well, we decided to do that. And we can tell you, that sucks. Because it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> now, So we did the experiment with Coke. Mm -hmm. And after 24 hours, which is how long they say it's supposed to take, we took the egg out of the Coke... And it was just a brown egg. It was a white egg when we put it in. It was just a dyed brown egg. <laughs> but it still had a hard shell. And it was not like a squishy bouncy ball at all. So I put that egg back in the Coke for another 24 hours just to be like, okay, if we go 48 hours, it's going to make a difference. 48 hours go by, take that egg out of the Coke. And now it's still just a brown egg with a hard shell. But it kind of was glittery, is what my daughter said, because I think, honestly, the sugar crystals started to form <laughs> on, the <egg. laughs> on the egg shell. The other one was the vinegar, and the vinegar one actually did work to a certain degree. Our first egg was squozen. Is that a word? Squeezed. Squeezed. Squozen. <laughs> Squoze is not a word. <laughs> <laughs> was squeezed a little too hard by squeezing. Let me just, so in our minds, squoze would be a past tense. Yeah. So squozen is the past tense of the past tense. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just sounds better. It was squozen until it popped. Squeezed. <laughs> um, so we did it again. And this time we had a little better results. You can see that in the video. And ironically, it just dawned on me, Trav, that the egg is kind of golden in color. Ah, Since... that is true. So we did make a golden egg. Yeah. Uh, we don't need Veru a goose for that. Veruca Salt would be so happy about that. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking no, about. No. Oh, my gosh. You guys just laugh at it as if, like, we just <laughs> we do this a lot with you, Trav. <laughs> You guys ever seen like, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Yes. Yeah. The pretentious rich girl. Oh. Veruca yeah. Salt. She wants a golden egg. Honestly, she I did not a, hear you she say. She wants a goose that likes gold eggs for I Easter. I did not hear you say. <laughs> Geeses. Veruca Salt. Gooses. <laughs> I literally heard you say Aruga Salt. Arugula. And so, like, I thought you were talking about like the plant Arugula. And some <laughs> oh salt. Gosh, okay. And I was like, What? 
But yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um, I still don't think it works quite as well as they make it look in other YouTube videos. Um, because once you pull the egg out of the vinegar, it's swollen, even though it's kind of squishy, but it's kind of, it's brought in a lot of the vinegar mm-hmm. or what would you say like absorbed mm-hmm. a lot of the vinegar. But then we put it like the kids played with it for a little bit. We put it on the counter and is literally just leaking vinegar. Like it's weeping vinegar and it's just <laughs> getting slow, like slowly smaller as it just like puddles vinegar underneath it. Yeah, I'm glad That's I didn't kind do of. <laughs> so we're going to go egg Trav's house with a bunch of vinegar eggs tonight. Gross. But, all right, that's alchemy. Let's uh, finish this up by uh, going into Alan's. Let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor? Glad to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that uh, brings back Mr. Memories. Fred Rogers. <laughs> so I have one question to start this. And the question is, if for anyone who forgot, is what is the legacy of Mr. Rogers? And I think in at this point, now that I've I've kind of looked into it a little bit more and watched a documentary on him recently, I can more called, understand. What was it called again? Um Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or something like that. Fred Rogers. Yeah. I'll look it up. It's a good documentary, though, because I watched it, too, and it was pretty, like, I was, there's a ton of stuff I did not know that I actually found fascinating, so yeah. check it out. But my first question to you, Alan, is just what made you want to dive into the life of Mr. Rogers? It just seemed from, if anyone would have been tracking the other questions that you've had, this one definitely would not be one that I would have thought you would have come up with. So. Kind of sounds well, like a topic that I would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this time we Trav did roles. Well, no, did. it kind of was, I wanted to do a topic that wasn't so science. Like, cause I'm obsessed with space. What was it you called me? The connoisseur, connoisseur of, of the, the cosmos. cosmos. <laughs> so that's like, I'm obsessed with it. And I would, I did like a bunch of episodes where that was my question. It was something about space. But so I wanted to get out of my shell like Travis and kind of go a different route and try it out. So I thought this would be a good idea. The reason I picked this was because last episode, if you remember, I did, uh, my question was, on the trolley problem. Oh, yes. <laughs> I remember we did talk yeah. about that. About, so, yeah. So, when I was looking for my sounder for that segment, I found like, uh, or I went and I found a video of the trolley going like bling, bling, bling on Mr. Rogers. So, that's where like Mr. Rogers came into my head. I was like, oh, yeah, I missed that show. It's a good show. So, the documentary you were talking about was called Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yeah, that's what it was. Um, and I mean, I, you guys watch? Did you guys watch Mr. Rogers growing up? Oh heck yeah! In fact, it was. I mean, you know that song that he sings. He sings it both. He's coming in. And I don't know leaving. why. Does it tell you? Because I didn't watch the documentary. Does it tell you why he's got to change his shoes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I'm I am the sweater. So, I like. I'm so impressed that he could. 
every, I don't know how many hundreds of episodes he did, but never did that zipper get stuck on his, <laughs> on his sweater. Like, you know, when you're going to put on a jacket or something, you're like, I'm sure they, <laughs> no, it did. That was in the documentary. They highlighted it. They did? Yeah. Was it like a blooper? No. They like, well, he like came in, he tried to put his sweater on. He couldn't get it zipped up because it got stuck at the bottom like that. Oh. And so he just kept singing and he walked in and he put his shoes on. And then when the song was all over, he said, well, kids, sometimes it's difficult for even adults to do things. (laughs) So I'm going to give it another try. And he puts it and he zips it up. Well, so that was like him, like... So he like part of a show of like people do make mistakes. So it wasn't like no, he like it was he didn't mean to do that, but he turned it into a lesson because that's what Mister Rogers does. (laughs) He's a genius at turning anything into a lesson for children. Exactly. So his his full name is Fred McFeely Rogers. That's right. His middle name was the name of the freaking speedy delivery. The Mister Postman. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. McFeely. Yeah. And he was born March 20th, uh 1928 and he came from like a wealthy family. His dad owned like the biggest uh industrial plant or I think it was a brick making plant or something like that in Pittsburgh. Um and knew a guy named Fred something McFeely. And so that's where he got his uh, first name was from Fred McFeely. McFeely. I guess his, and his first middle name. name. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I didn't get my middle name from him. <laughs> Just your first name. <laughs> but then I knew another dude whose uh, first name was McFeely. Let's <laughs> so use that for your middle. But name. so he grew up. He grew up in like a wealthy family. He's a um, a wealthy religious family, and but he was fat. He was the fat kid. The people call them uh, Fat Freddy, I think. Freddy Fat. They didn't call- <laughs> I think it was Fat Freddy. Fat Freddy, which sounds like a monster. Mm, call him Chub Chub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so as what you're a- saying is that Alan should be a great teacher to children at some point in his life. I'm not a fan of children. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Take a deep dive into Alan's. But no, that actually did like help him a lot with how, what he turned out to become because um, he didn't have friends as a kid, and he was also he's also had like some health problems and would have bouts of asthma attacks, and so he would stay at home a lot. He wouldn't be going to school a lot. Uh, I think he was home homeschooled for a little bit. And he didn't have friends, so he started, like, making a make-believe land in his room. And he had puppets, and he had, like, a ventriloquist doll that he would make talk. And basically, those became his friends. And then that's probably where he got the idea for, like, his neighborhood of make-believe in his show. Isn't there a... uh Oh man, there's a movie that just came out not too long ago with Steve Carell, something at Marwin. Yeah, where, where he but he like makes like that model of that like town or whatever, and then I haven't seen. it Welcome either, to Marwin. Yeah, yeah, I, it's kind of similar. I mean, it's that one's based off another true story as well, where you know, guy kind of goes through some similar things, some some bad stuff, but then just kind of creates this whole world where he can escape from. And uh, so, yeah, okay. I mean, that's 
I don't want to get off on that tangent, but it's very interesting mm. that, that that's what he did. Um, but he was able to kind of, you know, turn that into, into this legacy. Cause I mean, th- his show was on TV from like 1970 something to 2001. Yeah. It was a long 30, time. he had 37, 30, 31, seasons. Oh, 31 seasons. Um, he had 912 episodes over those 31 seasons of Mr. Rogers neighborhood, the interesting thing I thought I, I found from that, because once I realized, like, oh, he had 912 episodes, and then I think I just looked at the Wikipedia page for the episodes of Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. and saw that the first year he had like 130 episodes in like the first season. And then the next few seasons, there were like 65 episodes. You wonder how and they the used last... to do those TV shows, because I've seen tons of like Ghostbusters, the cartoon, like first season had like 80 episodes yeah but the last the last like 20 seasons or so that he did were all like 15 at most but some were like 10 or even like five episodes so he's old he's probably exhausted it really slowed down like this year i think i can only do five but (laughs) no he actually he did pull a michael jordan he took a hiatus in 1978 which wasn't supposed to be a hiatus he was supposed to be done with the show because he was he wanted to move on to like uh creating a program for adults on pbs where he would be interviewing uh different adults and stuff like that but that only lasted for like 20 episodes because people (laughs) like adults he was interviewing just didn't respond to him like kids do. Yeah, honestly like, though, like because like, he would, it was he, it was like he was treating them. Yeah, like he interviewed they were kids. them the exact same way he would interview the kids. Yeah, yeah. Which so, I could see where the adults would just be like, "What, what is this guy why? doing? <laughs> why is he talking to me like this? He's talking to him <laughs> so slow, like, oh. like in my face. Like, sir, can we can we do this without the shoulder massage?" <laughs> <laughs> I'd respond better. Uh, (laughs) Um, Some things that I didn't know about him that I thought were awesome were um, PBS in 1969 when Nixon was president and we were still in the Vietnam War. Nixon wanted to cut funding for PBS because he thought it was useless. Um, So did most Republicans in the Senate. This is 1969? Yeah. Because in 1969, was, was Nixon president in 69? Yeah. Because remember, um, so when the first I think Apollo so. mission landed on the moon, Nixon was president. Because Kennedy was assassinated in like '62, hmm. something like that. And then who was his? It was a Ford that became president. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. You're right. But I think you're right. It's just I, that seemed. Weird. I think it was his first term, though, like, on the timeline. It's probably like the election of '68 that he won. I All think right. there was an election. Anyways, he was going to cut uh, him and Republicans in the Senate wanted to cut funding for PBS. They didn't think it was, um, it was helping anybody and they needed more money for the war and other things. And, um, Mr. Rogers went to testify in front of the Senate committee. I've seen this video. Yeah. And like literally he had a whole speech written up that he was going to give, but then he decided he was just going to wing wing it. it. And he's going to make just talk from the heart, and he ended up singing like 
the lyrics to one of his songs that he sings mm-hmm. on the show. No, I remember it like in this video. Have you seen the video? Yeah. Okay. Is it is it in the It's in the documentary. documentary? Cuz like seriously, he starts talking and every single person on that on that committee or or whatever it it was are just captivated by him. Yeah. Which was interesting because it's like, yeah, he he is a man who's known for for talking and and, and being very good with children mm-hmm. and yeah maybe in his his other thing where he tried to interview but uh, adults it didn't quite work out but it still remains that he is he was great at connecting mm-hmm. with people and that whole time they just stared at him and and just were involved in every single word that he said and because of that, I mean, I mean, I imagine you're getting to the end here on that one, uh, but just it, obviously they did not cut funding. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, after he talked for six minutes, the chairman of the committee, who was like known for being impatient and just kind of like a jerk. Well, that's and, why he was the one that was like, "Look, I've heard enough people read their talk, like their speeches today. Like, oh, okay. I'm done. I don't want to hear anybody else's read." their speech so then he just talks decided he's gonna talk to him so like from the heart yeah he started it wing it kind of being crusty yeah and then (laughs) and then yeah after six jugglers (laughs) after six minutes of that that republican on the subcommittee that was like the people said like was impatient everything that was senator pastori um after like six minutes he was just like well uh I think it's wonderful. It looks like you got your $20 million after just like six minutes. And like before him, a bunch of people from PBS had been talking, like gone before the committee and talked to them. And then six minutes of him, he's like, well, you got your $20 million. Yeah. Here you go. But I think it's like, yeah, like Trav said, he had a way of connecting with people. And then also through the fact that like most people would respond, I think, when you're saying like, look, it's our children that we have to worry about, you know? Yeah. And he had a way of explaining like why it was so important for kids to have an outlet such as PBS. Um, <laughs> Sorry, there. this is going to be a bad connection. <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking. I was like, hey, you know, because other people that have been like that in in the, the past, you know, um, and when I say this, I know the exact reaction that everybody's going to say. But and say he's, he's like Bill Cosby, but without all the raping. <laughs> 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 because seriously, like, I mean, that's why they it's had Bill Cosby on there. Like, yeah. good storyteller can connect with people and with children. It's just Mr. Rogers was a very good man, and Bill Cosby was not. <laughs> I was going to say he loved children, but not in a creepy way like yeah. Michael Jackson. You don't that you, mm. not been confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> so Can't now you're just speculating. Travis is a big fan. <laughs> So, yeah, so really quick, too, to go back. So, yeah, Kennedy um, was assassinated as Lyndon B. Johnson. Johnson. Uh, his that assistant was his vice, president. vice president, or his vice president at the time that became president. And then, yeah, Nixon eventually became president. And then Ford uh, replaced after, Nixon. After Nixon resigned. Yeah. Okay. Um, one other cool fact that I did not know is Mr. Rogers may have single-handedly saved the VCR. Ooh, like people in the television industry, other than Mr. Rogers, 
were not happy about the VCR. They they were trying to sue to get the VCR banned and taken off shelves because they didn't want people to be able to record TV and then watch it later. Because, I don't know, that means people aren't watching their commercials and all that stuff. Maybe if that but Mr. Rogers was like, of- freaking outbreak. <laughs> 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 but Mr. Rogers was all for it and fought for VCRs because he said, if people want to tape my show so that they can watch it as a family together later, then I'm all for that. And, uh, yeah, we got VCRs, so thanks, Mr. Rogers. And now I just want to go and watch some freaking Mr. Rogers' <laughs> Neighborhood. <laughs> you can was- on Amazon Amazon Prime. Really? They have not every episode, but they have, like, collections, <sighs> which is for free. And, yeah, what were you going to say, Dan? I was just going to say that one of the more interesting things that I never realized growing up as a kid, because growing up as a kid, you watch Mr. Rogers, you're captivated by like, I mean, he did a good job of captivating you as a child, um, watching it. There was music that he would sing songs. He would come in and yes, it was his way of being able to connect with children and, and talk to them like at their level. Um, and then he had that make believe land, which just had like characters in it that you would be, you know, you would watch like as a mm-hmm. kid. There's all these yeah. things that are just like for kids. One of the things that stands out to me for some reason is I'm pretty sure in one of the episodes he went to a crayon. Oh my room. gosh, I was just gonna freaking say that. That's the one thing that <laughs> like stands out. I'm like, I remember them freaking making crayons. And I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I loved watching them make crayons. Yeah. Even though at the time I called them crayons. Crayons. Thank you. I, you did. <laughs> and you have changed. So he was like the it first is, yes. to do, you it know. It took a lot. It took 35 years. <laughs> have you seen that show called like How It's Made? Yeah. He was like the first person to do yeah. stuff Yeah, because like he'd do that all the time. he would go to different yeah. things. Yeah, but the crayon one was the one that stuck out to me too. Yeah. And um, he, had the, he had that picture picture thing on the wall where it would play videos mm-hmm. be like let's watch a video of me going over this place and yep. oh, yeah. that was one yeah. of my favorite things and for some reason i loved when he would feed his fish <laughs> he yeah. would always walk over there give him a few sprinkles and i would be like that give them more than that <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> i loved it for some reason and but, those fish could have been 250 something years old like yeah, you Your never know. Two hundred and twenty-six. <laughs> Do they? So I don't know this for sure. I mean, because PBS is no longer going, right? It is. No, or, still, no, uh, no. But it did. It went through another situation not too long ago where they're kind of going I through think, the same yeah. thing, right? Well, I think they're always like looking for funding because yeah. they're always doing like those like I mean the in the nineties you remember like the telethons that they would yeah, do. And, yeah. Yeah. And now I think it's more just them reaching out to, you know, through online channels yeah. and stuff was, for so funding. Obvi- I was gonna say obviously the show is not going. It stopped in two thousand one, but do they still air reruns? I don't know. That's a good question. Because I don't think I, my kids watch yeah. Mr. Rogers. And now that I know it's on Amazon Prime, I'm going to make them sit down yeah. and watch Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, uh, I know that Sesame Street's on there, and that was uh, a, a parallel to that. Because I remember as a kid, mm, I'd Sesame watch Street. both. I think yeah. they like came on like one right like, after yeah. the other. And uh, yep. Was Reading Rainbow PBS? I'm pretty sure. I think so, yeah. If it was. And then like... My favorite show on PBS these days are Nova, of course, because it's about space and science <laughs> it's and stuff. About space and science. <laughs> so PBS Bravo, 
Good you have made my life great and educational. Yeah. <laughs> but do you guys remember, this is where I was getting so, out of all the things that obviously were great for kids, um, he brought in a lot of like political topics. That's something I learned in this documentary where he would realize, hey, there are some tough things happening mm-hmm. in the world right now, um, whether it be a war. And he would he would use that platform to kind of talk to the kids about like, look, like, yes, sometimes people shoot other people and there's really bad times and there's, there's, you know, scary things out there. Um, but you need to be able to like, you know, your parents are there for you. They love you. Um, another one was like the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he even brought that up on one of his episodes about like, I think he was the Daniel tiger. Yeah. Um, which is a cartoon so nowadays. Do, yeah. To be yeah. like, Hey, um, what's assassination like or I'm, what does assassination mean or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. And then he used that platform to describe to kids like what assassination was mm-hmm. and, and try to help ease like their, their worry and concern yeah, during it, that time frame. Cause he, his theory was don't hide things from kids. Don't like, you know, make the world as if it doesn't have problems to kids, mm-hmm. but talk to them about the problems. Like, start a conversation about something like that with what do you know about this? Mm-hmm. Figure out what they know and then you can talk to them. You'd be like, do you have any questions you want to ask me? And that way you can open a dialogue. So I really thought he was, and he, I don't think there was any other show at the time. I don't even know if there is a kid show now that like he would literally talk truth to yeah. kids. No, he would not. He wouldn't be just like all lovey dovey, whatever. Yeah, um, there's definitely some okay shows out there, but I can guarantee you, I think we're all in the same boat that TV shows just ain't what they used to be. <laughs> I mean, as far as like, platform, yeah, as, yeah, as far as like kids shows, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a great a great show. Um, all of us have been, I mean, like we put in the post uh, on our social media. I mean, it went on for so long that. Unless you were born after 2001, like our yeah. kids, you know, he most likely had a, a significant, at least, part of your life. Presence in yeah. your life, yeah. Like, especially, I mean, any kid born in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, basically, yeah. um, be shocked if they didn't have watched Mr. Rogers at some yeah. point. Which I'm going to be interested in in finding out, you know, my... Uh, my parents were were born. Uh, my dad late fifty, like late late fifties. My my mom, uh, I think early sixties, and uh, and so I'd I'd be interested to see you know kind of what their memories are on on Mister Rogers since uh, they would have been. I mean, I feel like I mean they would have been teenagers. Well, he was doing the show in the sixties, was he? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'd be interested to see what their thoughts are on that. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to mention because I thought this was like he worked his butt off. So it's no surprise to me that by the end when he was older, he was only like doing 10, 15 shows a year because he produced, directed, wrote. wrote. He was doing all the musical stuff. He played piano. And you do like he, a lot of then, the voices. And, and then, yeah, he he did, did like all of the a ton, not all, but like most of the voices of the puppets. So like he was the voice of King Friday. He was the voice of Daniel Tiger. 
He was the voice of Queen like, Sarah Saturday. I don't know who yeah. that even is, but like the one, X, the, the, the character owl. you were talking about with kind like of scared me with the red nose. The red nose, yeah. yeah. Like I think an angry person was that Lady Elaine Fairchild. Yeah, but apparently, like these were all the characters were based off people in his life, like that were around him. Mm-hmm. So, like that Lady Fairchild was supposed to be his aunt oh. or something like that, um, which she was like. She thought that he was make, like saying she was a witch, <laughs> uh, but yeah, sweet, awesome. That's all I got about Mister Rogers. Well, good. I know we've gone long on this episode, but hopefully you're able to take out uh, or, or you know get something valuable from it. I know that we did. So uh, we thank you very much for for listening, and uh, we one remind more, you one more pop quiz. Oh, hot shot before we leave. How much did Mr. Rogers <laughs> weigh for most of his adult life? 80 pounds. I'm going to go with 143. Yeah. I'm going to say one, yeah, 150-ish. He weighed 143 exactly for most of his adult life. <laughs> well, I guess I should have, yeah. <laughs> you guys watched it. I didn't watch it. So. And that was because... Um, his favorite number was 143 because he said that the one stood for I, the four stood for L O V E, and the three stood for U O or Y O U. I love you. And then he just had it like he, there was a part of that documentary where he was swimming, they said for like a mile, just back doing laps back and forth one morning. And this guy's just like, he's very, very dedicated. And then he got out of the pool and he stood on the scale and he weighed 143 pounds. He's like, okay, finally, I can go start my day. Because <laughs> like every day he had to weigh 143 is like affirmation that like wow. he needed to have. To, crazy. Yeah. So Awesome. Awesome man. So yes, thanks for listening, guys. Um, as always, we'd just like to remind you, um, where you can find us, uh, of course, I mean, if you're listening to us right now, it's on one of these platforms, but Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and, uh, of course, YouTube. Uh, we'd like you to please go to our YouTube page and uh, subscribe. We're going to start putting more videos on there, uh, like the couple that we have mentioned about the egg and then the um, the the lady and the rescue that's coming next week. Um Visit our website, QCodePodcast.com, and of course, find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at QCodePodcast. And please don't forget to rate us five stars. We would really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'd like to hear from you. What questions do you have? What would you like to hear about? Uh, We'd love to do some research on pretty much anything uh, that anybody is interested in. We are. If you can't tell from the topics we've already done, we're not afraid to go into pretty much any subject realm or realm um, at all so yeah thanks again guys and we will see you next week it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood a beautiful day for a neighbor would you be mine could you be mine it's a neighborly day in this beauty wood a neighborly day for a beauty would you be mine could you be mine I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, might as well say, would 
you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor? I'm glad to be with you. <laughs>